Hello and welcome back to Pillum Bear Podcast. My name is James Gore and this episode is for the 1st of March 2021. Going to be jumping in some key news from the past couple of days. It's been an interesting weekend. Um, Bitcoin seems to be recovering. We're seeing a bit of a bounce. Um, I highly recommend, again, you follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's underscore bull and bear because I'm posting on-chain data on there, basically giving you guys uh, a heads up before the market moves in either direction. And I also set up a, a trade up on TradingView as well for you guys, for you to follow, um, which which is interesting. Um, but yeah, before we do jump into it, highly recommend go over to Twitter underscore bull and bear and give me a follow and I'll be dropping some key information later this later today. So let's take a quick look at the news from the past couple of days or so. The most important things are going on at the moment. So um, Bitcoin is seeing a bit of a bounce. I did mention on Twitter uh, minor sell pressure has been the key factor that's been determining whether we're going to continue to drive price down. We've been seeing a lot of Bitcoin being sent to exchanges. And we saw a trigger where miners sent a massive block uh, of BTC. I think it was about 1,500 BTC uh, on the mean average. Um, and that kind of triggered the sell-off because um, they started to sell and then everyone else started selling. And then people kept sending BTC to exchanges. But that kind of tapered off. And right now what we're seeing is miners are no longer sending BTC to exchanges, which is really useful. And again, I'm going to be releasing a video showing you how to see this information for yourself. It's very easy. It's very useful. Gives you a bit of a heads up. We still, of course, need to learn how to read charts, how to, how to in terms of making entries and exits. But still very useful. Um, but that's really big because the minute miners are accumulating Bitcoin again, it means there's no sell side pressure from some of the big boys. And it also means that th things are looking looking more bullish. So they are, they are going to sell again in the future. They're probably waiting for price to increase. Uh, it's just a matter of time. Um, but it also kind of coincides with the end of February. I'm assuming these miners, they have monthly... Um, uh, monthly um you know basically have to cash out some of their bitcoin every month and it seems like february was quite a high month for most miners um but that's that's really good news if you're looking for upside um and then on the flip side that coin um so this is just regarding the bitcoin etf in canada because i tweeted uh, over the weekend that they've managed to buy soak up another 10,000 plus BTC over the weekend, which is really bullish. Basically on Coinbase, you could see um, a bunch of Bitcoin moving off the exchange back into cold storage um, while, well, I presume to be retail investors were sending Bitcoin to Coinbase. So it was a very clear sign that um, retail was sending, selling their Bitcoin and institutions were buying it. So, you know, I, you know, this isn't financial advice, um, you know, with these with these episodes. What I would be saying is if you're selling your Bitcoin now, you are selling it pr probably mostly to institutions, which, you know, if you're looking to buy back cheaper later, it's going to be it's going to be tricky, likely to buy back more expensive, to be fair, um, if they think the market's always smarter than you, um, especially if you're not sure. So if you want to take advantage of Bitcoin's price dropping, I suggest, you know, trading perpetual contracts. Um, and shorting or longing perp contracts it just makes life easier and then your spot btc is untouched 
and then you can take profits from the shorts or long positions that you move into and buy more spot BTC, which is what I do. Um, also go into cash as well. But it just means you're not, um, you're not, you know, you're not going to be uh, making a few errors. And the other thing is um, I have a pleb insurance fund, which I was talking to my dad a, a bit about um, over the weekend where I just buy Bitcoin throughout the day anyway, automatically um, in small portions, which over time, you know, it's probably not going to be a massive, massive amount, but it just allows me to keep growing my uh, spot BTC stack. So um, it's just, just, just makes life easy. It just takes the stress off a bit. So um, really bullish news for Bitcoin in the uh, immediate future. looks like we're likely to head upwards quite significantly. Um, the key level I'm kind of waiting for Bitcoin to close above is 47k. I've been saying it on Twitter for quite some time, waiting for Bitcoin to start closing above 47k. I'll do a separate video for TA later today um, and, you know, explain what I'm kind of looking for. But it, it, it is kind of been very choppy price action, something that, you know, I just personally wouldn't wouldn't trade or just sit out of because it's just you don't really have any significant directional bias. So... It's, it's, it's tricky to trade. There's no need to trade things when it's just, you know, low probability trades you can. And, you know, I, I have traded chop earlier this year, um, but uh, it just gets to a point with Bitcoin where um, it, was, it was very tight. So no need to, to jump in. Um, some more bullish news one could see it as is we've, se we've seen um, <laughs> quite a significant amount of Bitcoin moved by a whale. That's by Finex. And um, it's 4.5 billion BTC moved for the cost of $21, um, which was 103,510 Bitcoin moved in a single transaction. This is moved off into cold storage. It's a cold wallet. So it's not moved between institutions. It's actually going to be untouched. So that's very, very interesting. It is by an exchange, but it's probably their, their Bitcoin exchange reserves. So isn't it interesting that Bitfinex has infinitely more Bitcoin than Coinbase, who has been around much longer? Coinbase only has $130 million worth of Bitcoin. Still don't know how that's possible, but um, that, that's, that's, that's just how it is. Um, so um, very bullish and even more bullish news, even more bullish news. So this is by City Analysts, so CITI. So basically stating that Bitcoin could become the preferred currency for international trade. This is a huge statement coming from, you know, a well-respected traditional financial institution. Um, I wouldn't say traditional, actually. I say newer financial institution, but still. So Reuters has reported that City analysts at Citibank, which belongs to Citigroup Multinational Investment Bank and Financial Services Corporation, have written that in the future, Bitcoin could turn into the preferred currency for international trade. Of course, when you can send $4.5 billion almost instantaneously for the cost of $21, which is still relatively high in terms of fees uh, because of the time, you know, cycle in the bull market, but still it's cheaper than anything else that exists. Um, so they're basically saying that Bitcoin's a little bit of a tipping point and um, we could see Bitcoin becoming... Um, something very special which i think all of us that are, you know all of you that are listening to this have been around for a long enough time to know that that's very possible and uh we could see a speculative implosion in terms of international trade so 
you know, it's it's big. It's big. If you think about the history of currency and international trade previously, um, currencies were bid for in the past anyway. Currencies, you know, there's, there's much more price stability with currencies at the moment, and this is this is partially due to what's happened to interest rates around the world. But um, we we used to see lesser reliance on the dollar um, previously. Um, and more more kind of a bar system with currencies uh, way back. So it's not unreasonable to assume that we could revert back to that and be, see a bit more of price instability across all currencies as they're bid for, depending on expected yield and interest rates with the particular countries they're related to. But that's, that's if interest rates do change. It's highly unlikely because there's so much pressure in over leveraged debt in the system that if interest rates do increase to any significant level there's going to be a lot of defaults so you know interest rates could be could be increased and then you know there'll be a lot of defaults and then you know money printing will bail people out i say people but i do mean institutions um or rates going to continue to drop and just money print, printing will increase anyway either way we're, we're leading to more money printing um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a no-brainer that this is extremely possible and we are kind of in the crossing the chasm uh, point with regards to Bitcoin and its future. Um, I would recommend looking up a book called... Oh, I can't remember the book. Oh dear. But it basically, basically looks at the adoption curve and there's crossing the chasm, which is the biggest leap from something becoming very fresh, very new, a new technology to starting to be completely adopted around the world. So very, very bullish. Next up, so this is this is really interesting. So Tether gets a 500 BTC ransom. Sender th sender threats sender threats to leak harmful documents. Sender threats to leak harmful documents. Threatens terrible terrible sentence. But uh, Tether received ransom demand for 500 BTC, currently worth slightly less than 24 million dollars. The sender threatens to leak harmful documents, while the company states the entire thing is a stad extortion attempt. So you guys have to think. You know, there's been a lot of anti-tether news for quite a considerable amount of time. And, you know, they've just had their um, hearing with the New York Attorney General, received a fine and can't operate in New York. But their books weren't crazy. I mean, they, um, you know, they do, they do operate under fractional reserve banking, but they are essentially a form of a bank. Um... They don't have one dollar for one dollar precisely to each tether, but they do have things in their books, a percentage that's you know based on loans and they are receiving the money back. Uh, for example, Bitfinex, um, and Bitfinex recently paid back the entirety of their loan, and that was from you know a few years ago. So I'd probably see, see, say there's a bit of uh, faking it till they make it aspect with tether, but you have to think who. Tether's been attacked quite considerably for such a long time. Um, you have to kind of think who would be the type of person or the, or the group behind uh, such a ransom attack because this isn't common in the crypto space to have a, you know, a, a ransom demand on a cryptocurrency. Um, so either they know something, which is very possible, or they don't. Um, or they're just trying to ruin Tether or create FUD. Um, and of course, you know, Tether's price is heavily tied to Bitcoin in the fact that 
it provides liquidity to the market and more money can enter the market and that's just for the crypto space in general however if tether was just to kind of just disappear overnight um, and implode money would still find a way into the market um, i did have a question on twitter that i responded to you know if you know we have 90 i think 90 days of tether not being able to print that's completely fine um, money will find a way into this market. If we look at institutions and where they're getting their Bitcoin from, they're getting it from Coinbase and Coinbase doesn't have Tether. Um, so, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's kind of interesting that this is happening. Um, anyway, moving on to the very last piece of news. And this is from The Block. So China's Inner Mongolia seeks to shut crypto mining farms in a new proposal. So the government of China's Inner Mongolia region is seeking for public feedback on a regulation proposal which includes plans to shut down all crypto mining farms in the area. The Inner Mongolia Development and Reformation Commission published a proposal last week on best regulatory measures that aim to help the region achieve energy saving goals under Chinese China's 14th five-year economic plan which spans on 2021 to 2025. So this is the third largest place in China where Bitcoin mining is happening. And there has been some discussion regarding mining centralization in China and so suggesting that China has a uh, drastic amount of uh, mining farms for BTC. And because of that, Bitcoin is controlled by China. Um, but the fact of the matter is, in terms of the actual coin control, um, there was a nice there was a nice graph that was released and it basically looked at you know who actually controls most of the coins in the network and it's not centralized in terms of the coin control mining relatively is but that's decreasing over time is what we're we're kind of seeing so you know if people are really concerned regarding uh mining and bitcoin and centralization then and you know you are invested in bitcoin then you know it's it might be worth getting involved in mining and there are some interesting um organizations you can go through near the end of this cycle i am 100 percent going to be getting into bitcoin mining just because it makes complete sense to strengthen the network being being able to be a participant and strengthen the network also past a certain point if Bitcoin does reach a million dollars to five million dollars to ten billion dollars, that's just an exaggeration. But you know what I mean, guys. If it reaches ridiculous levels, the only kind of way the average person is going to be able to get access to Bitcoin will be via mining, because any kind of significant amount of Bitcoin will be via mining, because um, it'd be too be not too expensive. You can still own Bitcoin, but by then you won't be you won't be getting any kind of significant amount that will be kind of life changing money. So you know, I, I worked out the costs um you know for 50 to 100k for for 100k you can basically get one bitcoin a year for five years um and that's more than enough really um and that in that exclude that's for that's for one year's worth of costs i think the costs each month come to about a grand uh for running that so you know it's it's completely reasonable at a, at a certain point to mine bitcoin um there are some uh, hosting services that you can go through i'm going to start off small i'm not going to start off with a 100k i might start off with you know 50k um because there'll be five miners roughly plus initial costs there'll be half a bitcoin and then over a few you know see how it goes and um very helpful chap that at compass mining worked out the 
worked out how long it will take to get you know ROI back and it's about 300 350 days so basically a year and then it is an investment so that's the thing it is an investment um, but you know it makes complete sense you know you could invest 50k into Bitcoin now and own one Bitcoin or you can invest 50k into into mining and own uh, three Bitcoin uh, four Bitcoin five Bitcoin um, that'd be in 10 years but unlikely because you have to probably rebuy the mining equipment by then so probably two and a half to three bitcoin roughly really grinding out so so you know there's there's advantages and that's if bitcoin's price stays the same of course you know so you know if you did buy that bitcoin now be you know 50k late to date three years four years five years um it'll be worth potentially 100k uh up so it makes sense at a certain point mining makes sense especially if people specifically miners are going to stop selling their btc because you know if i've mentioned this before if miners do become public companies um and bitcoin scarcity starts to really increase what's the incentive for them to sell their bitcoin when they could just uh, raise capital via uh, the stock exchange to just buy bitcoin directly um, because there's going to be lending against the bitcoin then you know you can they can do a michael saylor and just buy more bitcoin um so you know and lend against the capital they have and then the price goes up um so miners have a lot of control and power so it makes a lot of sense so um that's it for today's video guys i'll be dropping more videos this week i'll be coming back at you with news on wednesday and friday so the schedule seems to be monday wednesdays and fridays at the moment i'm working on creating a little community again i did have the slack group um but it's uh, but I've kind of cleared that out um, starting from scratch. The problem with Slack is it's highly uncustomizable. Um, so probably using another service like Discord. But that'll be coming at you at some point in the future. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. Again, follow me on Twitter, underscore Twitter, bull and bear. Hope you have an amazing day and speak to you very soon. We'll be releasing a technical analysis video relatively soon. Wish you guys all the very best.